Hey, what's up, guys? This is the Build Different Podcast with Tucker Speed. In this episode, I was joined by a local painter who's been in the game for a long time, Adam Paul of Time Warp Custom Paint, and his new product line, Limeline, uh, selling paint products. We talked about his journey in the industry from uh, learning to paint, painting custom motorcycles, helmets, and anything he could get his hands on and transitioning his business model into selling products and uh, social media influencing and instructing people how to custom paint. It's a really cool story. I was really excited to have a good conversation with him. We had a great conversation about a local legend, a mutual friend of ours who had passed away, and it was really great to have a good conversation about that. I hope you guys enjoy the episode, but first remember to go on, leave us a five-star review on the podcast platform of your choice. It really helps us grow the channel, keep some new content coming, new guests. We're really excited to keep this thing growing, so please help us out in that way. And uh, just don't forget, if you need any accessories, performance parts, check out our website, tuckerspeed.com. Enjoy the episode. Making power by day. So uh, this is episode 11. Um, I'm joined today by a local painter, uh, Adam Paul of Time Warp Custom Paint. I've uh, been doing it for a long time now. And a, his new product line, uh, Limeline. And we're going to uh, get into all of that, talk more about Time Warp, what Time Warp is, what Time Warp was. I mean, you guys, you got a pretty good history that I'm excited to to talk about with you yeah i'm glad to be here for sure so uh and on to uh our listener question of the episode i mean we talk about this every episode and and we haven't been very good about talking about the questions but we do we did get a bunch of questions in in the last week or so so i got a question here from uh it came through instagram from a at dante.fxlr and uh feel free to chime in here um, but he's asking, you know, what advice would you give to someone trying to get into the industry? Um, and, and that's kind of hard to answer because it depends on really what it is like he's wanting to do. Or, you know, like what are what are your current skill sets? Uh, I mean, do you have any mechanical knowledge or experience or backgrounds at all? I mean, are you more of an artistic guy, like, you know, maybe getting into paint or something like that? Uh, I mean, my path was I, you know, I went through MMI. I grew up working on my own dirt bikes and ATVs as a kid and had a fairly, you know, decent foundation for mechanics. But I mean, MMI is one, but that kind of like the MMI path kind of funnels you down the path of you go through, you go through the school, they kind of like shove down your throat the kind of the dealership, you know, kind of model, like, you know, using, you know, you, you use this, the Harley Davidson service repair manuals, um, their parts books, how to service ride at a dealership. Everything they do is focused on like working in a dealership. That's why when I moved home from Phoenix, my first or my next step was going into a dealership. Um, and after seven or eight years in a dealership, I realized I kind of wanted more out of the industry. 
I mean, but if you have a background in fabrication, maybe that's more along the lines. You should find a shop that, you know, is, you know, looking or, or, or is it a, a, an experienced or, you know, well-known ex- fab shop, go in there and start learning from those guys. You could definitely learn just as much. And that, that's the same for the mechanical side too. If you want to work on Harleys, you know, do oil changes, tire changes, repairs, custom, custom builds, whatever, you can learn from, if you can get lucky enough to find someone with a shop like ours or something similar that will bring you in, take you under their wing, teach you everything they know, like that's really, I think, best case. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like after MMI, and I haven't been, um, that that's not the path I took, but I feel like once you get a job, that's where the real learning begins. For sure. I mean, you got the fundamentals, which is very, very important because mm-hmm. without those, um, it's really hard to move on. And a lot of stuff probably doesn't make sense, right? I mean, right. Um, I'm speaking for what I know from painting. But to answer that question, uh, I would say try everything. If, if, you, if you haven't, if you don't have a skill um, that you've developed yet, uh, you know, try welding, uh, try, to, uh, you know, uh, apprentice, try to get an apprenticeship somewhere. See, see if you actually like doing the job. That's what I would say. Um, try custom paint. You, you know, some people like it. Some people, most people love it, to be honest with you. Yeah. I mean, you fall in love with stuff. I would say that would be the most important do, to do, because if you don't actually love the job, there could be a good chance that you're not going to. Oh, I totally agree. I mean, and I've talked to a lot of people that have come to me personally and they've said, you know, hey, I'm looking to go to MMI or I want to get into the industry. Like, what's your advice? And I just tell them straight up, like, this is not a job that you're ever going to get rich doing. Like, you're not not ever going to make a ton of money. It's a job that you got to, you do it because you love it. And exactly. if, you know, and, and if you don't love turning wrenches or if you don't love painting or whatever it is like, and, and, and I should say you're, you're not ever going to make a ton of money because there are exceptions and I don't want to like discourage someone from going out there and trying to make a ton of money. There are avenues, but in the beginning, for sure, like it, you're, you're going to just live on, you know, paycheck to paycheck mm-hmm. for a long time. It's going to be, it's going to be rough. It's going to be a rough ride. Whether you're a custom bike builder, uh, a dyno tuner, um, just running a service shop, doing custom paint, no matter what it is you're going to do, you're going to have to do that for 10, 15 years. And then maybe if you're good enough after that, you can start charging a premium Mm -hmm. and maybe you can make some money, take a little more time off. But in the beginning, you're going to, you're going to sweat and earn it. Yeah, and I think over time too, what you can you can bank off what you know, rather than uh, what you do. I, f- I feel yeah. like too. So if you if you there's certain things you know how to do, um, you can uh, leverage that for sure as you as you uh, you know age and and start to know the, the the industry a little better. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I uh, and I think you you said it right. Like find a shop, find an apprentice, or whatever. Like if you know. Buy some tools and work on your own bike. Mm-hmm. Buy a welder. Start grabbing two pieces of metal and welding them together. Buy a little paint gun. Buy an airbrush. Yeah. Buy some tape. Whatever. See if you can do a two-tone. Yeah. It's not hard to do. You know, you know? Really. And find out which one excites you. 
because that's going to give you the best recipe for success is if you love doing it, then you're going to go into whatever that is and be more successful. Oh, absolutely. I remember so, in, in my career when I was uh, first painting, uh, not to get off, no, no, we were talking about this question, but yeah, I just remember being in the booth and I literally cannot take my eyes off of like something I just painted. Like mm -hmm. maybe it was the first time I painted metal flake in a certain way with a certain candy. And it's just like, like I one up myself and I literally, you sometimes you just can't take your eyes off it. It's yeah. like, I can't believe I did that. Yeah. You know, so yeah. I, I feel like if you have that kind of passion to where, uh, you have to pursue it and it's going to be tough at first, but there's got to be a, a, a certain amount of passion involved, no matter what, what it is you're doing, turning wrenches, welding, bending pipe, shaping metal, painting it. There's got to be some passion involved with it because it's just, that's just how the industry works. Like everybody that's successful that I know has a certain amount of passion for what it is they're doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and we're lucky to really work in this industry. If you were to stand back and look and we could be punching and, Punching the clock at some warehouse or something like that. For sure. You know? I And I have to constantly remind myself that. I mean, there are definitely days where I come in and I, you know, totally hate my job. I hate what I'm doing because, you know, nothing seems to be going right today. And this customer's pissed off and this employee's upset or whatever or screwing up or whatever the case may be. But I have to constantly remind myself, I mean... I did a, I did about an hour or not an hour, a year in a factory. But when I, after I left the dealership and, and started here, like, and that was miserable. So I know what that feels like. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> and I don't want to go back there. So every time I'm just like, I, I hate this place. I'm over this. I have to remember like, oh, it could be a whole lot worse. I could yeah. be clocking in over there. And there's a whole lot of people wishing they would be doing what you're doing. Yeah. And, it, and if you think of it that way, it's like you've, you've made a name for yourself. For sure. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, uh, the, the answer, the, the, the quick answer to that really is find what you're passionate about yeah. and work hard for sure at it. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I totally agree. Passionate, work hard. Yeah. And it, how and, can it not work? Find... I mean, if you're that passionate about it, how can it not work really? Like, well, and, and really, if you're that passionate, how hard is that work? not even work really yeah right. exactly what i mean yeah so yeah, especially it's, when it's you a get lot over of time the hump, you know yeah it's a lot of time and a lot of commitment but if you're loving what you're doing it's not really hard work right so yeah um something i want to touch on before we you know start talking about uh adam's business and uh everything that he's into is the four corners motorcycle rally uh it is it it's labor day weekend august 31st through september 4th uh, we're pretty involved with the rally. We are hosting an after hours party on Friday night at the, uh, La Plata uh, County fairgrounds at the, uh, what is it? The exhibition hall. Uh, we're going to be throwing a party. I hope everybody comes out to the rally. And then not only that shows up to the after, uh, after party. So it's Friday night at, uh, starts at 10 o'clock at the fairgrounds. Everybody's welcome. Show up, hang out. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of people from the industry, uh, stunt riders, uh, different brands, different companies. Um, so it's going to be a, a fun time. Um, you can find all the details about that. We're going to be really promoting that heavy over the next couple of weeks on Instagram. If you have any questions, please hit us up. But we're going to really start hitting that hard because we're really excited about the rally and being involved with those guys. So, 
Uh, if you have any questions, check us out. Uh, check out the Four Corners Motorcycle Rally on Instagram or their website. All the information is there. So, so that. That yeah. sounds cool. Yeah, right on. So let's talk about you, Adam. <laughs> yeah, well, <it's, laughs> I guess. Um, where do we start? I mean. Well, I came uh, from my mom. Well, that's. That's. I, yeah, me too. We got yeah, that. I think we'll just jump. Maybe we'll jump up. Jump like, up a couple uh, of years. Maybe we'll go with twenty-two years. Um, yeah. I mean, let's just talk about first, like what you're doing today. Let's let's start. Today. Let's maybe start there, and we'll work backwards. Okay. Well, um, to, uh, basically, uh, I run a brand. Um, the brand's called Limeline. Um, it's just something that I kind of curated um, from doing affiliate marketing for a while and uh, trying to get brand deals and stuff like that. But I created a, a custom paint brand. Um, uh, pretty much collect, what I do is I will test, I'll find manufacturers, I will uh, test the products, and they'll either pass or they'll fail. As easy as that. And, and, and just so I know, like products, we're talking everything from paint, flake, guns, Airbrush, airbrushes, uh, tape, masking tape. We're talking paint suits, uh, pigment colors, um, clear coats, primers, uh, stencils, um, leafing supplies. I think it's. I feel like the leafing supplies has really made an impact on okay. the industry. Uh, yeah, and I just. Uh, that's kind of my main gig is to 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 find products like that and add them to the brand. So. Basically, it's uh, yeah. I do a lot of product development. Um, uh, basic and a lot of things is is what I'll do is I'll take those products once they pass. I'll create videos, and I'll show people how to use it. So whether it's a YouTube or whether it's a quick uh, fifteen or thirty second TikTok, or an Instagram reel or just a regular photo or what whatever it is, um, I use the social media platform to. Basically, not really like push the brand. Like, I don't want to show them me mixing paint. You know, like, okay, here's here's the paint color. Here's the the or the new orange metallic that I I came up with. I would rather tape something up and lay it down so they would learn something from it. So I come from the approach of uh, trying to inspire people to learn. Um, and, uh, those that are already, you know, trying to make it in the custom paint world, which is, you know, it doesn't take much really. You can, you can do two tones and stuff like that, but I try to, um, to help them in their skills, to bring their skills up, uh, and then, and just kind of go from there. That's, so I, I do a lot with the brand, um, YouTube videos. I, every Thursday night we go live, we answer questions and I'll do some kind of a, some kind of a painting like that helmet we have right there, a little mini helmet. That's just something quick that we kind of lay out. And my wife will, she'll read me the questions that, that uh, usually we get a couple, you know, a couple hundred people on there. We get a lot of questions and we can answer those, show how the products work and hopefully inspire people to give it a shot, really. Mm -hmm. um, there's definitely money to be made there and there's definitely a lot of customers. So. If you got good work, you can make it happen. So that's what I try to do. I try to inspire people every day. I'll do this. I will pick up jobs here and there. Like I'll do, uh, if it's a chopper, 
and I know that I can use the flake and I can show somebody and I can create some kind of value out of that, I'll take the job. The nice thing is, is I'll take the job. I get paid for the job. That's awesome. It's like the olden days, you know, mm -hmm. sometimes I forget I even get paid to paint. Like I, usually my mindset is I'm painting this to show people how this is done. You know, it's not about mm -hmm. the paycheck. It's, it's, it's really like it's, if you just buy this helmet, you're painting it, but you're not getting paid to the way you're getting paid is through selling product or selling product or the, the uh, YouTube, um, just the ads, sure. you know, the okay. ads and then also, uh, Amazon affiliate, uh, kind of have everything kind of set things set up in a way that where, um, I'm able to monetize in a number of different ways. So the olden days I'd paint a bike, I'd get a paycheck after the bike was done. Mm -hmm. Now I paint a bike. I still get that paycheck, but I'm You're monetizing of all of the content in between which it, uh, I have some videos, some image transfers that I've done within two months. I've already made more on the, uh, as, as far as the affiliate commissions mm -hmm. and the, uh, the ads on YouTube that it, that it just overtakes what I actually charge for the job, which is awesome. I feel like that's such a win, you know? Well, yeah. I mean, who wouldn't be like super stoked if I, I mean, I wish that I could like charge X amount to like build a, you know, do a big bore and then get paid again because yeah, you someone's can. watching how to do it yeah, you can you can do it it just takes time That's the, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can that you can absolutely 100 percent do that and you can make uh you know you you're in a uh you're in a niche that i feel like there's enough viewership that would uh give you get you over that monetization mark mm -hmm. and then um and then yeah you make a little bit at first but then you hit a video that maybe can hit a couple million, uh, and then it starts to pay, you know, quite a bit more, more, much more than what I actually, you know, charged to charge do the job, to do that. which is awesome. I never really thought about that. So was that the plan like in the beginning or did that happen by mistake? Like, like, um, like as far as like the, like where the money's coming from, like, did you charge a guy to like paint his bike and then just by mistake, all of a sudden, like that video just went viral and and then it was like a light went off or was it all planned? Uh, it was, you know, I knew I had to hustle that when I, when I started doing the YouTube thing, um, and that was before I came up with my brand, mm -hmm. um, I was just a painter. 2020 is actually when it happened. Um, my buddy was telling me for a year before he was a YouTuber, he did uh, firearms and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. He's all man. And he, and I would, I would pay him to come in and do some videos for me. It's just some short stuff. Like, mostly videos to show people like, Hey, I'm a painter. You send your parts to me. Mm -hmm. I'll paint them and ship them back to you. And I made a career for literally 15 years. People shipping me in their parts. I paint them and ship them back, which, uh, that model worked for me so well because then I didn't have customers coming in Yeah, and another stuff like that. So I worked like that for many, many years. And then, uh, uh, Instagram, started doing the stories and you remember when the stories came about, yeah. I don't know if you know Instagram, but yeah, the stories was there and you were able to do like the boomerang effect, you know, and stuff like that. And I was like, Oh man, this is kind of cool. I'm actually like gaining. I'm like, and then I, and then I found like, man, the videos that are doing better are the ones that are adding value. Um, so instead of showing people what I can do, 
it was as easy as showing people what they could do or how it's done. Mm -hmm. And if they weren't interested, hey, it's still interesting to know how something was made. Like a lot of, especially guys, like, you know, remember that old video, that, that old uh, news cam was it, was it uh, on Discovery Channel, how it's made and, you know, something like that. Oh, yeah. it, it always kind of draws. Yeah. yeah, I watched that shit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, that's kind of how it, I took that approach. Like, how is that made? So if, you, if you're not interested in custom painting, well, at least you can see like, oh, that's how they how tape up flames. Done. Yeah. Like, flames are done with tape. I, I never no thought idea. about it like that. But yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Because I mean, like I, like I said, I legit watch that, like how it's made stuff. Like, I'm never going to make like, all the crazy stuff that they show on that show, but like I'm still like very drawn and like glued into the like yeah. what it is they're making, yeah, and seeing the process behind like, it. Like holy crap! Like uh, I had no ideas there was like that many layers to a paint job, or just what the tape, fine line tape can do. Mm -hmm. Even transparent candy paint, you know, most people don't know what a candy paint is. It's basically a transparent paint that mm -hmm. goes over top, makes things amazing. You know, makes that's why lowriders look so good and everything like that. It's, yeah. Um, so I, um, started adding value. Um, and then 2020, my buddy told me you're going to kill it on YouTube. You just need to do it. I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it. And he told me just start dirty. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how, if it's good or not, you're not going to like your first video. And he was right. I didn't, uh, I liked it at first. because like, oh yeah, I got, I got, I got a first YouTube video, <laughs> but then I, I got a couple under my belt. I'm like, man, that number one's not very good. Yeah. Uh, so the story, I know that feeling all too well. Yeah, it's like, oh man, and I still have them up. I st uh, I still have all those up, and the, some of them have done really well. And it, it has like a me an intro because I always thought like, okay, YouTube video, you need an intro. So I need to be standing here, telling him, you know, telling the, the viewers what they're about ready to see. You know, so I've I have that's kind of how it was at first. I, I'm not good on camera. Um, I I found what I was good at. Uh, basically my family jokes that I do puppet shows. Like we'll joke around like, yeah, my dad does puppet shows on YouTube. That's basically, it's just my two hands, you just, know, work, work in the thing, you know, I'm just, <laughs> this hand's doing this hand. I haven't took it as far as I got a pink glove and a black glove and I have like a relationship between these two hands. And you'll see, I have a video coming up actually that, uh, it's, I call it the glove love video that, um, it's really stupid. I actually feel like kind of an idiot for making it, but I, <laughs> I love to make, uh, I would, I love it cause it's entertaining. It has a story behind it. So I'm, I'm painting the same kind of helmet that you saw earlier, kind of similar to that mm -hmm. two gloves meet one's doing the work. This guy comes in, he sweeps in, Oh, shows you how to use an airbrush, you know, <laughs> look, push down, pull back. Wow. Look, Oh, and then, then, then they're like, oh, they get a little closer. <laughs> it's really dumb. It's really, it's really stupid. But uh, have you felt like some of those like crazy, like off the wall videos are more successful? No, not, not unless not this always. next one, not unless this next one uh, hits it real good. And I'm hoping it does, <laughs> but I could change my mind on that. But uh, so far, the ones that I feel like are going to do the best um, usually don't. It's weird. It's like the ones that. I've, I've found a few things that if, if I wanted to do videos on nothing but image transfers, mm -hmm. I can literally just, I, I would do really good. I mean, every, every video would do pretty well because there's an audience for that. Um, which is, was surprising to me, you know, and, and then also, uh, but you know, I, there's other videos that now that I have built an audience, um, 
it's, it's changed now. You know, now I'm not really, before it was like, okay, I need to get subscribers so I can build an audience. So I need to build a viral video. Either that or put a whole bunch of ads, you know, ads been behind it, mm -hmm. push it out. That's, that's not gonna work either. You really just need um, you know, a good video. So when I first started YouTube, it was, like I said, slow. Um, I did uh, the first video, which was um, one of my better videos actually. It, um, so I think I've, I had a total of seven videos out within a two month span of tutorial style custom paint videos. And then I think I had, it's cool because I don't know if you know this, but like in, on YouTube, if you go into the back end to YouTube studio, it has like a, a little gauge that tells you like how close you are to the 1000 subscribers to get mm -hmm. monetized. And then you also need the 240, uh, 200 something thousand uh, watch minutes mm -hmm. in order to get monetized. Once you hit those monetization marks, you can go back and uh, basically put ads on all your videos. So you just click the button. You don't put the ads. You just click the button. It puts ads on there for mm -hmm. you, which is great. So I got to that point where that's that's what I was shooting for. That's I think that's everybody's goal when you first start YouTube um, is like, okay, let's get the thousand subscribers. That's that's going to get me monetized, and then I can at least make a little bit of money. When I first started, I had no idea. Like I didn't know if I was going to make five dollars one day or a hundred dollars in a day. You know, I, I wasn't sure. I just knew that. I was just going to add value, you know, and, and do the best I could. And mm -hmm. I started dirty. They weren't good at all. Um, but I got better. Every video got a little bit better. And um, I, I just, just, I really just find uh, adding value um, really helped me out. And then a couple months into it, I was, I think I was like 800 subscribers. And uh, I think I was three quarters of the way to my hourly uh, monetization mark to start getting paid. And within an hour, you, I, I, this is where I first kind of felt the, the power of social media and YouTube. It, within the first hour, I doubled, uh, I went from, uh, you know, 900, I think 800 subscribers to like 1,500, 2,000. It just kept going up, and then I hit my monetization within that first hour, and I, I was ex I was expected to hit it within a month. What, or so. what happened there to change that? Like um, just a specific video? It was a video. It actually took it took my I, I can't remember if it was my first or second video, but it was already been out for a couple months. Oh, so it'd been out. It it's wasn't like out. a new video. No. So don't don't give up. Don't give up on those okay. videos. And I never I didn't know YouTube at the time. I now know how YouTube acts um, somewhat. You know, I don't know everything, but. I, I, I kind of know my way around it now, mm -hmm. um, but it put me in monetization real quick, um, which I'm like, oh, yes, monetize. I'm going to go back up to my seven videos. We're putting massive, you know, clicking all the ads you could possibly do. You, you could do the, you know, there's a lot of different ad types, but you turn those babies on. Um, it was making like uh, 20 bucks a day or something like that. Actually, while that video was rolling and going viral, so it took that video that had around 1500 views uh within three days it took it to uh just short of a million views oh wow So after it was done said and done it because it never stays on the top it literally goes this this video went up to as high as i've ever seen anything at that time and then a couple days trickled down maybe it had another little tick up 
and then back down and it landed a little bit above where normal would be, you know? But the nice thing is, is that video also took a couple of my other videos with it because, okay. you know, once you watch one video and you watch the whole thing, there's a good chance out. they're going to recommend another one. Yeah. So it's, uh, and then I was also able to use techniques to where I could um, add an end screen to, to, to put them into another video. So there's certain stuff like that, but yeah, it turned me, it, it got me into monetize, made some money that way. Um, that was great. And then I was able to start affiliate marketing through Amazon, went to Amazon, uh, applied for the affiliate marketing there. Pretty easy to do. Uh, they give you a website to that a landing page. You can basically it's drag and drop anything that's on Amazon onto that page. You give that link out. They buy off of that link. Uh, you make a percentage of that. So it's mm -hmm. a very, very small percentage. But at the time when, when I'm just getting paid for paint, anything like anything. at first at first it was paying uh, you know, my power bill and then it was paying my car payment and then it was paying my house payment and who knows and yeah i could pay off your house in 10 years who knows you know it, it's it's just uh you just got to keep going and i feel like once you get the first little fill of success you'll get the bug and uh but yeah never stop because i didn't stop i'm glad i didn't stop within those few months and allowing that that video time to to mature and i don't know what they found out about it i mean obviously with the youtube platform uh click through rate which you need a good thumbnail and you need good audience retention you got those two things you got a pretty good chance and as long as the viewership is there but yeah i find that i'm categorized with a lot of other channels like uh, welding channels and bike building channels American Chopper reruns. Uh, I know that I'm getting uh, served up after those. You can uh, r really dive into the analytics and see where traffic's coming from. Um, you can even get as smart as like, uh, you know, trying to uh, gravitate to another audience that might be worth more, which is kind of a crazy theme, you know, because everybody's worth a certain amount of ad dollars, mm -hmm. you know, how much considering how much you spend, I guess, online. I really don't know all the metrics to that, but there's a lot of tricks and I've learned a few of them along the way. And I just try to leverage what I've learned. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, really what you're doing today now, like you're not so much, like I said, painting, painting helmets or painting motorcycles anymore. Like you're legit just like trying to like your main focus, like tomorrow morning is like teaching people how to paint. Yep. Right. Yeah. My like next thing is, is how am I going to, what am I going to do to add value and add, to my content library and, and really that's kind of that like your day. focus like if, if if you teach like if you create content that's teaching people how to paint all of the other things that you know selling you know tape or flake or paint guns or airbrush guns or whatever mm -hmm. is all just kind of stemming from you just teaching people how to custom paint yeah, and that's all you're doing show them how to use it and show them how easy it really is mm -hmm. that's like uh like we talked a little bit earlier that's you don't need to be an artist to do this job so um, i don't think i like i'm like i have zero artistic ability oh you'd be surprised how much you really have um you know i, I thought when i first started custom painting uh, 15 years ago i thought okay there wasn't anybody around to really give me encouragement to tell me that like anybody can do this job. It was more like hush hush. Like if you have a, if you have a certain way you do stuff, you really don't want to tell everybody, mm -hmm. you know, if you use a stencil, 
to create this skull, you really don't want to show that stencil. Like it, it feels like it devalued. A, it what? devalues it. That's what they. That's what everybody. That was. But that, that's the, that's how really, you know. And I didn't know that. I, I mean, when I first started, I'm like, I'm going to be a custom painter where I can do uh, complete color paint jobs, uh, maybe a metallic job. Uh, maybe uh, blend and and then I didn't know how to tape out flames, so I'm like, okay, that's maybe I can make a living just doing that. You know, more on like repairing the paint itself rather than customizing. But I could always customize with colors and stuff like that because I didn't have the confidence that I was a, I would be able to do it. I just thought that I'd be able to get by just by knowing what I learned from that point. I kind of thought. You know, and this is a long time ago. I kind of thought that was it for me because I wasn't an artist. Mm-hmm. I can't. It, now I can. I can actually draw really well, and I don't even. I just learned a couple of things as far as like drawing. Like I can, I can freehand draw it like really, really well. And I didn't, never thought I could do that. But you don't even need that. Like if I was to freehand something, I would never do it. I would just never freehand, and that's just me personally because it takes too long. I'm not going to get a good enough result. And if I was to create a custom artwork, I would just draw the skull on paper and literally make the stencil because then you got all your hard lines. Um, you just got to put things where you get. So it's really easy. I mean, you just got to find the artwork. And now with I'm, I'm teaching how to, um, if you can't, you know, if you don't feel comfortable with like going into Google search and, and, you know, finding a, a skull or something like that, that, you know, you're doing a one-off job. I don't, I don't see it to be a problem. Uh, but you can leverage AI and stuff like that. I've plenty of times I've like, I need a, I need like a screaming skull, you know, like I'll do that and boom, pops me up a screaming skull. And I'm like, okay, so I'll modify it a little bit. If I don't like it, print it out, create a stencil. That's one of the skulls, you know, mm-hmm. it's as simple as that. Uh, really it's a lot of it. Just learning the paint. That's how it works. Yeah. yeah. That's a you really, and this is a long winded answer <laughs> to your question. Uh, yeah, I just try to create content, create value. And I figure if I do that, everything else will kind of just fall into place. Because I mean, if I show how to use the product, if they're interested, they're probably going to look for that product on Amazon, you know, just search up Limeline. It's there. I make sure it's there. And and I just try to add value at any, any point of the purchase as well. You know, you're going to get videos, you're going to get QR codes that will uh, take you into more videos and stuff like that. So uh, I'm leveraging what I feel like a lot of companies, custom paint companies are not doing either because of lack of, they don't have the knowledge, which they probably do. I don't know. They, a lot of those companies aren't painters. They haven't been painters of 20 years, you know? So I'm leveraging that. Yeah. Um, and just creating content. Yeah. Well, I mean, it seems like you found like a, like a, an avenue where there's kind of a hole in the market there where there's a lot of paint companies and paint brands selling this or that, but they're not doing, they're not doing the work you're doing. And you've just kind of found that, that lane where it's worked for you. Right. They are, they're selling the same products. Yeah. It's just, they're, they're not, they're showing how to, I mean, everybody wants to learn how to do something through the internet nowadays. Right. Mm -hmm. Like that's just how society works now. Like, if I wanted, like tomorrow morning, like if I wanted to learn how to, you know, I don't know, like lay brick, like if I wanted to build a house and do the brickwork myself, like the first thing I'm going to go do is 
go search for that on YouTube. Yeah. And there's probably a channel dedicated right to that. You right. Know? That's, and then they're just... And then if, when I start buying tools to do that job and materials to do that job, I'm probably just going to believe whatever that guy told me works great because mm -hmm. he just taught me how to do it. He says, I love this, you know, trowel and I like these bricks and I like this mix or whatever. And I'm going to be like, yeah, I'm going to buy all of that stuff. Yeah. And the beauty about that, those kind of videos, they're evergreen content and ever they're evergreen is like, they stay alive for a long time. Mm -hmm. Who knows how long it kind of depends on how many videos would overlap that. But, um, Unlike, you know, social media, I feel like uh, TikTok, you have a couple days stories on Instagram, you literally have 24 hours and Instagram reels, you have, um, I don't know this for a fact, three days. And if you put the right video on YouTube, you could have 10 it's years. There. Yeah, you could have 12 years. Mm -hmm. And I feel like building a platform on YouTube, you're building something you can give away. Like, if you're if you're no longer if I'm no longer around tomorrow, my YouTube channel is still going to make money, and it's still going to pay my kids and my family. That's what I love about that. that. Yeah, that's something I've never thought about either. Like like legit, like yeah. if you kick the bucket tomorrow, least, that thing's making it. You know, say a thousand bucks a month or whatever it is. Yep. That's just going to 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 your wife and your kids, right? I think if you happen to make a name for yourself and you do kick the bucket those videos might even go a little more, you know, I'm mean, kind of like sure. a famous artist, you know, you don't get famous until you actually die. Yeah. And Maybe then everybody wants the case here. Yeah. You know, like, Oh shit, I don't have Adam and Time Warp around anymore. We got to double up right. his videos. Yeah. I mean, it sounds to me like there's a lot of people out there. I mean, obviously you're doing very well. There's gotta be a lot of people out there wanting to learn how to paint. Um, I mean, do you have like a, do you have somebody that like comes to mind like a success story like there's a ton that that comes to mind like they didn't know how to paint they came to you or your videos or your products and now they're creating some stuff that you're like wow that person like really has something going yeah you know what and it happens more than i ever would thought really yeah and and very very fast too there's guys that have passed me um, and, and my capabilities, I feel I'm more in the teaching. I'm not trying to be the best at anything. I would like to be the best teacher, I guess, if I was, if I was to be honest, but I'm not trying to be the best painter. That's maybe, maybe 10 years ago, I had that mentality. I wanted to, I wanted to be the best, but no, just helping people out. But I, people have, uh, I feel like they've been brought up to where they can actually start charging within six months. I've seen as early as that blows me away. Um, Paint jobs look very similar to mine, which I love. You know, I, in fact, I'll go scrolling through the internet and I'm like, damn, is that my paint job? I was like, no, I know it is mine. And like, it's not quite there, but it's pretty flattering actually. Yeah. It I mean, is. That, that would be cool to see, like I mean, to, to see like your inspiration in someone else's art. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. And sometimes almost exactly, which is fine. I mean, if, if you're going to, if you're going to do it and you're going to learn it, you might as well follow the process all the way through. Like well, yeah, I mean, I think there's a little bit of that no matter what we're doing, whether we're building hot rod Harleys, cars, or whatever it is you're doing, you're, you're, everybody is kind of emulating who they look up to, right? Yeah. Like I, I try and do things. I mean, you know, there, there's people that have inspired me and I'm like, I want to do it that way. Who inspires you? 
Um, Sorry to put you on the spot. No, it's all right. (laughs) I mean, trying to think like, you know, I guess it depends on what it is you're talking about. Like what would be the first inspiration, I guess, when when you were, uh, what would be the first impression? If we we rewind the clock back to, what year is it? Like say 20 years ago. I mean, I was the Jesse James fan. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, and, and I still am. Like, love him or hate him. Uh, I think that that you can't argue with the fact that, like, he is very talented and very skilled with everything he does, whether it be, you know, welding, building, just his, his you know, vision on things. Like, some of the stuff he does, like, I still think today – is is top notch Mm -hmm. i mean everything he touches is like it just turns to gold for whatever reason right whether it's a motorcycle or if it's uh cutlery cutlery you know wow i mean i saw some of his stuff yesterday of his cutting knives for chefs Mm -hmm. big name chefs yeah unbelievable yeah yeah i can see that i mean and that so that was that was early on like back in i mean that was way back you know 2001 2002 like really early in the whole chopper craze you know you know biker build-off days um i mean and there's some guys out there today that that i like inspire to be like i mean um i mean i'm lucky enough to call this guy a friend uh brian from tpj like i still look at some of the bikes that he has built and i just am in awe with like the the artistry in them, the the simplicity in the build, but like everything's there, everything works, but it just looks like almost like, you know, like I've put some bikes together. I'll say I'll put, I, I, I'm, you know, I don't call myself a bike builder yet. You know, I want to be one, but I'm not there yet. Like I've done some bikes and like you, you get like the wheels and the suspension, you get the motor placed in it and it's so clean and so beautiful without all of the rest, you know, oil lines and cables and all the other, you know, kind of bullshit to make the bike work. That's how Brian's bikes look to me, but they run and go down the road that way. (laughs) And, And so I'm just like, I just love the way they look. And so like, I just think, you know, I, and I don't want to downside it, but I, he just, you know, like not very many people, not as many people, like he's no Jesse James by any means, but like the work he does is just amazing. And, and so, but I mean, I draw a lot of inspiration from, you know, like race bike. Like I just love racing. Like I'll look at a race bike and I see things that are like built a certain way or done a certain way because that's how they perform best on the track. And I just think it's really cool. And I just draw a lot of inspiration from that kind of stuff too. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, I mean. Yeah, I can see, especially when you get into the technical stuff where most people would miss, you know, like they just don't see the little things by working in the industry, I'm sure, yeah. that you're able to point out. Like me looking at a custom paint job, I can see flaws. I can see, I can see if a clear coat is laid a little wavy or has a little bit of orange pill from a mile away. I'm just trained at that. Sure. And same with you. I mean, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I inspire by, uh, I'm inspired by other people. Now it seems like I'm, I'm out of the paint. Like I I really don't aspire to be anybody like the paint, but um, there's, there's people that, uh, you know, that uh, 
run their their brands and their Amazon companies and uh, and stuff like that. I actually look up to a different whole different set of people than I used to. Mm-hmm. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I, I'm kind of the same way. And that's why I was saying, like, it depends on what it is you're asking. Like, I'm, you know, who inspires me? Like, there's there's guys that um, have ran different brands or or shops or whatever that uh, that I really look up to. I, I know a, a lot of guys like uh, um, like Boosted Brad or, or Death Metal Racing. Like, I, I look up to like like what I am impressed with him is that he used to be basically a custom painter and like he would build some, you know, put together some custom bikes and he's transitioned his brand and his company into like just manufacturing a lot of parts. He still does a few paint jobs here and there and puts some bikes together, but he's doing those to create content and then selling his, his line of hard parts. Right. And, and he's been very successful at it. So that's inspiring to me. Like, that's something that like I wish I could do with my brand and, and I'm trying to, to, to drive towards is I don't have to just sit here and do tire changes and oil changes. Like I can push beyond that and inspire to be something different than that. Exactly. And I, yeah, I think really, I mean, he probably wouldn't be where he's at if he didn't ha- put all the time in, you know, I mean, there's certain things you just have to know, you know, I mean, certain risers that are, or, you know, he, he saw something that maybe, uh, somebody did else didn't see. Um, but it's just experience. I feel like leveraging what, you know, and it's hard to do that right at first when you really don't know anything. So it's like, you have to put in your time. Yeah. Kind of goes back to like when we were talking about our listener question is like, you know, you just kind of have to find your passion and then just, just dig in for, a period of time. Yeah, you just got to grind. For some guys, yeah. it might be six months, and some guys, it might be 20 years. Depends on how hard you grind, really. And, you and, can get and, 20 years of work done in six months if you obsess over something. Sure. Yeah, so, but yeah, you you definitely have to just kind of dig in and, and grind for a while and learn the little nuances of the industry and whatever it is you're doing, custom bikes, repairing bikes, selling parts, custom paint, paint repair, whatever it is, like you got to learn the industry and then with that knowledge you can leverage that and yeah try and make something of it yeah so and sometimes it's not even the path that you ever would expect yeah you know and i never planned on making a brand i never would have thought that i saw the opportunity and i acted on it acting on it that's the important part because opportunity never ends right right like well, like you, like you, you can't just like put it in cruise control today and just let it ride, right? Uh, some of it I can. Um, Automation is getting much better. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like there will be a time where I can do that. I, I, I'm still probably a ways away from that. But uh, yeah, it's uh, acting, at, you know, because you, you'll come up with solutions and a lot of people will come up with solutions to problems. And next part is acting on that solution doing something making something making something available uh whether it's whether the solution is a youtube video or whether the solution is a a part mm-hmm. or maybe two parts that need to be sold together for some reason they're always sold together i mean it, it's acting it's acting on those certain things that you uh, you find along the way um and i'm my my, my brains now that i have a brand I'm just looking to grow and, and to, to create a solid brand where these, these, um, 
particular products can work together. Mm -hmm. And they kind of, you know, and it's working so far, you know, for what I'm doing, but. Um, you always got to be on your toes, though, and like be ready to pivot, too, right? Exactly. Find yeah. something, you know, figure out like, oh, this isn't working. Like, what do I got to do to, to, you know, modify that or whether it's a small tweak or you just got to completely ditch that idea and go a different direction. Yeah. Or maybe it just maybe it's a baby and it needs to grow. Like a lot of times things just need time. And that takes patience. And that's where I see I think I struggle because like, if I if I start doing something and I don't see like immediate results. And for example, like this podcast, like it's like, I almost feel like, okay, like episode two, we should be getting a million views. Yeah. And I'm just like, if we don't have a million views, like I ain't got time for this. And, you know, Jordan has to remind me all the time, like this stuff takes time. And, and I have a hard time with that. And I have to sometimes remind myself, like, this is this isn't going to happen overnight. Yeah, it's not a race; it's a marathon, really. Mm -hmm. You just keep you just have to keep on pumping it out, you know, and just um, just keep at it. Really, it's, yeah. it's not stopping because I could have stopped on my sixth video easy, you know. I'm like, oh, okay, I've got, I haven't made any money. I'm not monetized. I saw the big picture, you know. Um, my the big picture at that point was making other means of revenue besides custom paint because it was. Uh, I was doing actually really well. Like I didn't actually need another source of income, but it was, I just, uh, you know, really my friend kind of just brought some light to me and it really listen to people that have experience with stuff. It, it can mean a lot. And I was listening to him and I actually acted on it and I'm so glad I did because right now I'd probably just be a painter and I'd be happy, super happy, still living a great life. Mm -hmm. But now I'm building something that's bigger than me because the day that I'm not here, I know I'm not painting mm -hmm. for a fact. Mm -hmm. Those videos are going to run. My, my Limeline brand, I'm, I'm an FBA seller on Amazon. My, my products go usually to the warehouse and they get fulfilled by Amazon. I leverage that. And so I'm, I'm trying to uh, keep it small but make it big. That's, uh, you know, by, by leveraging... Um, you know, certain things, you know, that, that, that help out with that. So do you have, uh, I was just curious, like, I mean, are you still like just a one man band or do you have anybody that helps you at all? My wife, um, okay. she, she'll do, she'll run the orders that are not fulfilled by Amazon. Okay. Uh, we have a warehouse in Layton. Um, I have her aunt, our aunt and a sister-in-law that does all like the packing and the, you know, we'll. We'll bring in the tape in bulk. We'll have somebody cut it and do all that stuff. And then we will package it and get it all ready to sell. Um, same thing with the flake. It'll get uh, packaged and, and, and all the labels put on it and stuff like that. So I'm pretty much off hands with all of that. But I, at the initial, when I'm first uh, building a product, that's, that's what I really love to do, to be honest. If I, if I could do anything all day, I would probably find products and then build a packaging for them mm -hmm. and then you're done and you get to look at something you're like whoa, whoa this is like and people are buying it you're like holy crap like it's such a cool thing it's like almost like doing a paint job but even better and i, I find a lot of joy in that um but yeah so it's yeah, i got a couple of people that work uh, okay piece, piece rate they, they work piece rate they do they love it um so they're just getting paid by the package yeah, retired, or like a retired aunt you know yeah. she can use the money she literally does it on her couch you know, she'll pack the tape on her couch, does a ton of them. Uh, 
makes a good living. We're able to help the family out. Um, I have two daughters. They're grown up now, 21, 23. I have two grandkids that I have to mention because wow. I freaking <laughs> love them. Uh, three years old, Asher, Adam, and we got a 11-month-old, which is Miles. So That's cool. The, uh, you know, Asher, Asher's already How old like, are you? Uh, I think I'm 44. You, I don't, you, you know how you get in the mid-years and you kind of... You I can remember when I'm 40. I can remember yeah. when I'm 30. I, I'm now 40. that you say that, I think... Yeah, I'll be 43 here coming up pretty oh, soon. Oh, yeah, so we're so, right there. Yeah, right in the same boat. So yeah, I, the, I, the grandparent like conversation has come up in our family because I have a 20... She'll be 24. Or oh, she okay. is 24. And then a 22-year-old son. So the grandparent conversation has come up in our house. I'm just like, no, I don't want to talk about it. My wife's like, I'm baby hungry. I want a grandbaby. I'm like, no, just let them just grow up a little bit. Yeah, it's quick. It comes fast. Yeah. Uh, you'll love it. <laughs> yeah. uh, absolutely. You'll love it. It's don't fun. tell my wife, but I'm kind of excited for it too. Yeah, I, wouldn't, I don't blame you. <laughs> don't tell my kids, I should say. Don't tell my kids that. Well, and, and I grew up with, uh, well, I raised two daughters and then getting two grandsons. It's like, what a blessing is that? Yeah. Like, I get the, I get the boys at the best time, really. For sure. Like, and they're well, the little one's still too young, but the uh, the three year old, he's all about it. He's all about laying well, the I mean, leash shit, down like, and you like know. what? I mean, you're probably like the coolest grandpa ever. I, mean, I like, hope to be. Yeah, <laughs> like rolling around in a nice car, like your custom painting, cool stuff. Like, yeah. I mean, I wish my grandpa was like that. You know oh what yeah. I mean? Like. I got so, big, yeah, I got big plans for those kids. <laughs> right. They're gonna be living the good yeah. life if I have anything to do with yeah, it. Yeah, hell yeah, that's cool. Um, so I mean, on that, like, I mean, it sounds like you're pretty family oriented. Like, I mean, your wife's involved. You know, your kids are around. Like, have they? Like, I'm just curious, uh, kind of from a personal standpoint, because I mean, I have I have four kids, and my wife works at the shop here, and I know that like what my my journey has looked like and some of the pros and cons of, you know, kind of being passionate about what I do, the amount of time I put into this place, how it's affected me and my family. I mean, has it been do you think overall it's been a positive on your family life? And, uh, and, and was it yeah, was it the same like 15, 20 years ago as it is today? No. No, no. I actually hold a little bit of regret. Um, man, in order, you know, like we talked about, you have to grind it first. Mm -hmm. You got to get, you got to do that work. Um, so it meant working every day, including Saturday, I would have Sunday off, but I missed a lot of time. Mm -hmm. You know, I tried to make it, I, you know, I did make it to most of the dance recitals and stuff like that with, but it, to be honest, if my wife wasn't there to like, you need to be here. I'm like, oh, well, yeah. I got to pay the, I got to pay rent next month. Like I got to pay my material bill next month. How is this going to work? Like, and it's just, it's, isn't it funny? Like, I don't know if you felt the same way, but it felt like, yeah, you got like this big bill or whatever it is coming up. But that, like that single day was like the make or break, whether you're going to like be able to pay that bill or not. Like in the moment. Right. Cause that's how I felt. Like yeah. I had a hard time just realizing that like, if I just took a half a day, went to the dance recital, come back to work, everything's going to be fine in the long run. But I just felt like in the moment, like there's no way I could take four or five hours off because if I take that four or five hours, 
I ain't paying rent or I can't pay my guys or whatever. Like I just, that's how I felt. Uh, I felt the same way. And I feel like that was the wrong way to feel. I agree. Um, I could have busted my ass a little more the next day. I could right. Have. Like looking back, like that, that, that time that you would have taken off probably would have meant more to your, to your, to your daughter than the, the few hundred bucks that you would have maybe made in those couple hours. Yeah. But I'm I'm guilty of the same thing. I I carry a lot of regret. I found myself having a hard time getting out of that mindset, though. Like I, you know, like we're we're sitting here, you know, in this building uh, on year. I don't even know what year it is. Seven or eight. I don't know. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, But still feeling that way. Like if my wife comes to me this weekend and says, like, I need you to take a half day because we have whatever it is going on with the family i'm like oh man i don't know if i can and i have not been able to break out of that that mindset for whatever reason and and i tell myself like i sit back and i'm like why do i think that way like i got guys here i got guys that i trust they can keep the the boat running like why is it that i have i feel this like need to have to be here 10 hours 12 12 hours a day I don't know why that I feel that way still. It's a tough thing. I think a lot of people struggle with that, especially men in our industry. Um, Cause it takes a lot. It takes a lot when you're an entrepreneur and you don't have a steady paycheck. Uh, and one day, I mean, if you clock in and clock out, you know what you're getting, you know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You don't know what's you're in, in store for. If you're if you're uh, in your industry or my industry, I could have a return on the paint. I could have uh, an accident or a paint reaction or something like that. And it's just it's tough. There's a lot of stress. Um, one thing that got me through a lot of the stress that I had, and somebody I can't remember who told me this, but um, no matter no matter what things always kind of really work out. Like when it, when in your, in your life has things like with money, at least, you know, how, when is it not really worked out? You'll find a way one way or another to get that ba- that bill paid and, or, 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 or do what you need to do. Um, it, it, why stress over something? And especially when you stress over something, the stress is definitely not helping, mm-hmm. you know, uh, stressing over, you know, not, I mean, not going to your kids, uh, you know, function or something like that. I mean, it's just not worth it. You're going to, you're going to live to see another day. Everything works out in the long run. And I've had to tell myself that so many times, like it's still going to work out. I'm going to be alive tomorrow. I know this pretty sure. Yeah. Right. And I'm going to make it work one way or another. I might have to work a little harder tomorrow, maybe a little shittier, but, uh, it always yeah. works out in the end. And I've, I've, I've found that. And I tell myself, I'm like, why was I so worked up or so stressed or so worried about whatever it was? Because then a week later, I'm like, it was really no big deal. But then the next time it happens, I'm just stressed or worked up about it or irritated or whatever, you know, like just. And I, I just I've struggled to kind of break out of that that rut you know, and even still like eight years in, uh, you know, I mean, I like, honestly, like even today, like one little thing goes wrong, like, oh, we misordered the wrong part. And I'm just like, oh, great. 
this is it. We're, we're going out of business. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, right. like that's how I feel every yeah. day. And, and it gets tiring and exhausting to feel that way. And I have really tried and I have not figured out the, the way to like, just let those things just kind of roll off my back and just move on with my day and let them be. So, and I, really, and, and then I, sometimes I even look at those problems as a blessing because if it, if this industry was really easy, for some reason, like nothing went ever went wrong and it was easy to make money and it was just, everybody would be doing it. It would right. be saturated. Right. Like if custom paint was just as easy as painting your fingernails, there'd be a lot of custom painters and it'd be saturated everybody and I probably doing. wouldn't be in business. Sure. Yeah. Um, so I, I sometimes like when things are hard, uh, there's a reason why people don't do what we do. Yeah. And there's, there's a reason why we make it past that. Yeah. I, yeah. And, and there is something to that, you know, cause I've, I've seen, you know, I've watched a lot of other like shops, you know, whether they're local or around the country that have, they've come and gone and you're like, man, that guy was just blown through money. He was taking off all this time. And now all of a sudden he's just gone, disappeared. Business is folded up. And, and I have this sense of like, like the first time I let my guard down, if you will, or kind of like relax is like the, the start of the end. That's kind of how I feel. Like as soon as I quit stressing and quit grinding, that's the beginning of the end. That's when things start to head downhill. Yeah. <laughs> so. And so I, I'm like, like I have the hardest time of like, oh, I need to take a, I need to take four hours off today to, to go watch my daughter dance today because that's going to be the beginning of the end. Right. And I don't want that. Yeah. So I, like that's, that's, you got to hustle the next guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. It's a never ending thing until I think, it, I think a lot of businesses will grow out of that. I mean, it all depends on, I'm hoping I can get like there that. and it's getting better. I mean, I, I can't sit here and just like all like complain, like things are great. And well, it has to be better than what it was when you first started. Right. Sure. I mean, like that's what a grind that is. And when nobody knows your name and now you, I mean, if you if you were to walk into this place not knowing you owned this or you've had any of this, I mean, I think you would have a, a different view. I mean, uh, sometimes we just get caught up in the, in the numbers and then the employees yeah. and the money and the and the customers. It's like, um, yeah, you built something special that's inspiring a lot of people to do a lot of different things, mm -hmm. whether it's the podcast or whether it's you know, helping people out on their bikes and, um, people like you is what this city needs. You know, that's without you, we don't really have anything else here. Like yeah. we have the dealership. We don't have any. So if you think of that, you're, you, you help a lot of people out. And yeah. And I appreciate that. And that goes a long ways. I mean, and that means a lot, like coming from somebody that's done, I mean, been in the industry for a long time and, and, dealt with a lot of people, talked to a lot of people and been around. So, I mean, and I appreciate that. And it means a lot. So I, I wish it was that easy to just be like tomorrow. I could just be like stress-free. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I wish. Yeah. Well, but, if you're not stressing, I don't think you're like, I don't know. You need a little bit of that. I think to can't relax too much. Yeah. Well, and I, you know, I, I think I've said it on the podcast in the past. I don't know, maybe not, but you know, I, I I've heard, you know, at some point, like, Somebody, I heard a quote at one time, like the like successful business owners wake up every day thinking that today is going to be the day they go out of business. So they're going to hustle as hard as they can to make that not happen. 
Yeah. And the problem is, is I think I've taken that like too literally, like you can't do that every day for eight years and like, and not burn out either. Like you have to learn to reel back, take a little bit of time, unwind, detach from the business, reset your mind. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, that's the one thing that racing has been, you know, kind of allowed me to do is like when I go to a race, like I'm really not thinking about this place. Oh, I bet not. Um, I bet you're having the time I of mean, your life. And I, I and hope my daughters aren't listening or my wife isn't listening right now. But like if I go to a dance recital, I'm just thinking about this place. And I shouldn't be right. Like I should be just like totally it's, invested into to my daughter's dance and like what she's doing and what's going on in the moment and i haven't been able to do that yeah and that's why i carry some regret like i i, I didn't do that for them but yeah well you're building something that is is bigger than you so think of it that way i guess yeah. you know you could be you could be missing those things and literally not doing anything sure you know, I could just, I mean, I, I look at some people like, like some of the, you know, the people that I worked in, in that, in that manufacturing plant, like they were just a number. They clocked in in the morning, they went to their station, they stamped their part out all day long, they clocked out and went home and that's what they did. Pretty and that's easy. okay. Yeah. Like some people, that's okay. Some people love that. And that's great. There's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely not. But it, I just wanted more than that. I wanted to create something bigger than that. And, and, and that's when I was sitting at the dealership, it just started to become like that. Well, I think even in the dealership, You're, didn't you have to work Saturdays and stuff too? Sure. I mean, I mean, there's, there's, um, if you were in a clock in clock out kind of job, okay. And you have your daughter has a uh, some kind of a you know dance recital or whatever that we're talking about. It could be as easy as I just can't get the time off. You know we've sure. we've, we've 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 traveled some places with friends and there's some friends that can't that can't go because they simply can't get the time off. It isn't because they won't allow themselves to take the time off. It's just legit. They, they just don't can't. have the time off. They got they a boss. Yeah, they got a boss. Boss said no. You yeah. got to be here. So if you think of that way, hey, I mean, if you're the boss. Sometimes you got to be here. I mean, um, that's also, so it happens to everybody. It really. does. But I mean, maybe that's why I feel a little bit guiltier. When I worked at the dealership, I work Saturdays. I, I work Saturdays. Sorry, I can't be at the right. I can't be at the football game. I can't be at the dance recital. Boss says I got to work Saturdays. Yeah. You're fulfilling, then I come you're fulfilling here your duties. And I'm you know? the boss. <laughs> and then I'm like, and, and, you know, the excuse was always like, well, I got to be there. I'm the guy. Like, I got to be there. But I could have easily just been like, you know what? Here's the keys to the do front door. You guys open it. You guys run it. I'll be here and I'll be late. I'll be here at noon or whatever. I could have done that, but I didn't. So why didn't I? Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's all a... Uh all about the benjamins <laughs> it really is like it's too bad right like yeah uh, but well, yeah and it's not even the fact that i like i'm trying to get rich it's just the stress of like just being able to survive till tomorrow exactly yep just survive 
You know that's what like, I mean? It's survival not, I mean, mode yeah, first. it is about the Benjamins, but that's not in the sense of like, I'm just trying to like pad my bank account and, and retire early. It's like the stress of just, I want to, I want to be here tomorrow. So yep. yeah. I people mean, I need you. People need you here tomorrow. Yeah. Really? I don't know. That's enough doom and gloom. Like, yeah, about, yeah, yeah. You know. Well, speaking of the, uh, my, my old friend, Dane, his slogan when he first started, it was go, he, his slogan was Sid's speed shop going out of business since 2010. He literally said it the best because that's how this industry is. It's like for him and then for me back then, when we first started it every, every other week we're, we're going out of business, dude, that's it. We're done. Like, and he would, he'd come to me. He's like, Oh dude, I'm done. That's it. I don't have enough. I don't have enough money. I can't do it. I can't even, I can't even buy, I can't even buy oil to do an oil change. That's it. He's like, I'm going to find a job. <laughs> like, and then he'll make it. He'll make he it. figures fast. out a way. Yeah, yeah. 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 He'll find a way to get the oil. He had it, you know, I mean, you can scrounge it up and, and he make it work, but, uh, you know, funny thing is, is that's was his slogan and it was just, it's so appropriate for the industry is really when you first start, you're really on the verge of going out of business. Like, all, all the time, the time. Like pretty much usually yeah. the beginning of the month after you know you oh yeah i got i got some money and then pretty soon it's like damn i got a lot of money and then bills come and like oh i shouldn't have spent that much <laughs> <Yeah>. you know <laughs> like i don't have no money so it's uh it's a roller coaster and i know i don't know how your business uh like i i know by being a business owner that it's just uh it's a lot of stress you know for and, sure and more than anything you just don't want to lose you don't want to be the one that has to shut their doors yeah, yeah. i think there's a, a sense of like you know pride in that like you d you don't want to be the guy that has to lock his front door because you had to like if i ever decide like all right i've had enough i'm going out on my terms i've got some money in the bank and i'm just kind of over it that's one thing but like if i have to lock the doors because i didn't do good enough like that's a hard pill to swallow, and I don't want to have to deal with that one day. Right. Um, well, and the, it, well, the thing is, is every every year you get under your belt, you're, I think you're just a little farther away from that. Sure. Yeah. 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 Well, and you you so you mentioned uh, Dane. Mm -hmm. That's a good segue. I mean, for our listeners, we've never talked about Dane on this podcast yet. And, I, you know, it's never really been brought up because I haven't really had a, a guest on that's that that knew Dane. Um, and I think if anybody knew Dane, it was probably you, you know, and we could talk about that a little bit because, I mean, you guys had a really close working relationship together, um, probably more than I even know. But I do know that like you guys came on and were working together very closely, working out of the same shop, mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and you can give me some details on that because I would love to hear some of the stories about him. I mean, and I guess to kind of set the stage, if you will, Dane, Sid Speed Shop, if you will, I first heard about Dane before I even met him. And he That's came usually to, how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> he came to work at the, at the Harley dealership that I was working at. Uh, he came in and was working at the parts counter for a little bit. He was just, just moved home from Phoenix after dropping out of MMI because he was too cool for it. Yep. 
or or knew more than everybody there. Yep. Um, as a well, I don't even know what he was like. Probably nineteen years old, twenty years old when he was down there. Yep. Uh, came into the dealership just arrogant, cocky, no filter. And and I think he just came to the dealership because he just needed it. He just needed to make some money while he was getting things going. I mean, he had his own little shop going on his first shop over there on Pennsylvania Avenue where Mm. you were painting with him. Yeah. And I think that was my first kind of introduction in, and, and kind of found out who you were. And I'm, I'm also interested, like, in your history, like, is that really when you got into painting? What were you doing before that? Like, uh, uh, but, but to kind of go back on Dane, like, he came into the dealership. He got fired within a couple of months because, I mean, people would come into the, into the dealership and be like, hey, I need this part or I need to get this done on my bike. And he'd be like, oh, you don't want to pay these guys' prices. Just come over to my shop later. <laughs> And I mean, as soon as ownership found out what was going on, they were like, hey, bro, you got to go, you know? Yeah, that's funny. And, uh, I mean, but that just kind of just sums up him, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and I don't want, like I said, we could talk about Dane. We both had a, a relationship with him. That's where I first got to know him uh, and then had a relationship with him. And, uh, you know, he since, he was, he was, you know, he passed away in a motorcycle accident 10 years ago now. Mm-hmm. It's- in a little while and uh the impact he made in a short amount of time still blows my mind though unbelievable yeah and something that like i aspire to be like i look at myself like i'm eight years in with my shop and i still have not reached his level and he was doing it for what three years four years uh he was doing it for let's see yeah it was four years i think we had total under his belt before he passed away um, but no, I think you have, you have since passed him, um, by far, you know, he, he maybe had one employee and was pushing out some stuff, but your facilities, you know, you're for sure. You're yeah, on I mean, a much, you're on a, you're on a bigger stage than he was. Although if he was still around, Oh, I wow, think sky's did, the limit with that oh, kid. Unbelievable. That kid potential. was potential. Yeah. The potential. And I, I often think about that and I've talked to a few people, just imagine if he was still around what he would have accomplished and done yeah. if he was still around. Yeah. And I, and I, I really owe a lot to him. Um, he didn't get me into paint. I, I, I had my paint shop before then. Okay. Um, I started, uh, I went to real quick. I went to Salt Lake community college. I traveled there, uh, for two years straight. Um, I took a course on collision repair and I also took a course on automotive refinishing. Um, I, I got ICAR certified, which is similar to what, like SAE? Is that like you a, mean, like the automotive? Like automotive, world? yeah. Okay. It's an automotive. It's an automotive. For like paint. the paint side of things. Exactly. Um, so I went through all that stuff, which it was lectures on the stuff, just a bunch of the most boring stuff you could ever think of: seam sealer and different primers and and all that stuff. Uh, but I did learn. I learned uh, hands-on. I learned how to repair a car. I learned how to take it back to factory uh, condition. Uh, and I did that for two years. I learned how to do it. I learned it really good. Uh, I worked for a body shop the last semester. I got kind of like a work release kind of a thing. I went to a collision shop. I f- hated it. It was... Uh, talk about high stress. 
you know, and, mm -hmm. and, and nobody that works for a company should stress out this much. I can understand if you own something and you're working for something bigger, but if you're an employee, you shouldn't stress out that bad. You should be able to clock it. At least you can clock in and clock out. That's one the nice thing about having a job. Mm -hmm. High stress. Leave the stress there yeah. or, or the stress or is the somebody stress. else's stress. Right? right. When you leave, you should leave. Like you shouldn't have to worry about yeah. that. It was really, it was terrible job. Um, yeah, I made pretty good money. Some of the painters there were making over six figures a year, believe it or not, which is pretty crazy. Um, but yeah, learned that. Uh, I went to did some automotive or uh, some uh, restorations for a local guy down here in Ogden. Worked there for about a year. I learned a lot from him. Um, even after the whole schooling thing, like you learn the basics, you learn the uh, the foundation, and then once you actually work somewhere, it's completely different. Yeah. But at least you have the foundation. And then you actually, that's when the learning really starts. Um, so I learned a lot there within the couple of years that I worked there. And then um, me and my cousin, Chad, we decided to go in together. We're like, okay, we're going we're gonna, to um, paint whatever we can get to paint. Like whether it's a trailer, whether it's a, you know, a motorcycle, whatever we can do to paint, we're going to do to paint. So mm -hmm. me and him, um, I had the schooling and the knowledge. He had the willpower and the, he, he, he worked hard. So mm -hmm. they, it worked out really good. Uh, 2007, I think was the year we started. We started out in the storage shed, kind of a unit, uh, here in Ogden. Um, 2008 hit, obviously we know what happened there. People quit spending money. Mm -hmm. Um, it was a hard year for us at the dealership too. Yeah, I bet. I bet. Um, it, we, the other crazy thing, like, you know, in 08, like we were on like one of the main roads here in Ogden, like Riverdale Road. 08, like the recession hit, everybody quit spending money. And Riverdale Road was like under like major, like widening construction. Mm -hmm. So like people couldn't even like get into our parking lot either. Like we got hammered. <laughs> Talk about, yeah. So we were just like, like nobody wants to come to a, to the dealership. And if they wanted to try and get there, they couldn't because of the road construction. Wow. So we got hammered in 08. Like, yeah. And I was, I started at the dealership in 07 and that was my second year. And I was just like, I thought we were all going home. I thought we were done. Wow. You know? I actually remember that because that was the same year that I was like, do you guys need a bike painted? <laughs> yeah. Like, that's will... kind of like my, my first, like, you know, like introduction with you. Like, I think you brought in like some like tins or like some like, yeah, some like, uh, like flat pieces that, that, that we hung up on the wall or something. Yeah. Like you yeah. guys were just like first getting into the industry. And that was about that time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we were, we were trying everything to get work, um, going to the dealership, even painting bikes for like, cheap just to put them on the showroom to show mm -hmm. people uh, nobody was going in there at that time but um so yeah so they ended up just being me because we couldn't hold we couldn't we just literally just could couldn't not pay, do yeah. it with couldn't two live people. on it yeah. yeah uh and we tried so hard um it kind of worked its way out it was rough at that time and then just so happens that's around let me see i don't know if i have my year straight but it may have been a six months to a year after that it's be, working by yourself is it's good and bad there. It was terrible. Cause there wasn't really a lot of windows and stuff. So like, I felt like you were not a whole lot of work. Yeah. yeah. Not a whole lot. Of, I'm just, just trying to, I mean, back we were doing eBay stuff. Like that's how we made our money was like, we paint, we put on eBay ads, we paint motorcycle parts and it, usually eBay is for selling stuff, but we kind of like 
We're using we, almost like a classified. As a classified, yeah. yeah, and it worked phenomenal. It worked like it. It, it worked throughout uh, 2007, uh, 2008. Still, kind of like that's when they had the tough time. People quit spending money, but then after that, kind of got back and going again. And I would get just enough to be able to pay the bills just just right in time. It just seems like it barely worked out yeah. every time. I get a call right, like okay. When are you sending your parts? Because I need to get this done in a week because I got my rent. <laughs> I didn't tell them this, but. Yeah. It, uh, and then a lot of times they'd say, oh, yeah, I, I want the exact same thing you just did, the skulls and fire. Like, that's what I'm like, oh, perfect. Okay, yeah, I can do that. I can do that same skull. I can do that same fire. And the nice thing is that they, they were, if being internet sales, I could do the same paint job that I was comfortable with and fast at. And I didn't have a whole lot of, I really didn't think I could do like the complicated paint jobs. And this is all before, um, it's not before Metal Flake, but it's before the craze kind of came back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but what actually brought that into the story was like, so I was, you know, I was kind of there. A kid pulled up, Dane, Sid Stalker, um, Dane Stalker, looking for a job. Probably the same thing he was doing at Harley at first. You know, he's looking for a job. He had it dressed up, you know, he had it, he pulled up on his uh, sporty chop bobber, we called him at the time. And, no kickstand. He literally, it was just a, it was just a raw bike, bare metal. The bike's name was Rita. It's actually the bike that he passed away on. Yeah. He had that the whole time. You know that bike. Yeah. Uh, it, it changed a couple of times. It morphed into different stuff, but still the same bike. Um, he came in, had his resume, had his like a uh, dicky shirt buttoned all the way to the top, <laughs> and he's all, "Yeah, man, I'm looking if you guys are hiring." I'm like, fuck, we, I barely even make it here, dude. I <laughs> and I'm working out of a storage shed. I'm like, ah, oh, no, man. See, I, I didn't know that. I didn't know he came to you. He came to me looking for a job. Wow, yeah. I didn't. I never and I'm knew all, that. dude. I am in not. I am in no position to give anybody a job. Nor do I have the money. I don't have the work. So, but what I do have is I have space. Because, funny thing is, is right before things got slow, things got really going really good so we actually got two two units that we merged into one mm -hmm. i was now committed to a lease of a double payment and i had some you know and i actually at that time i was looking to i, I kind of wanted to be the one guy that does everything yeah you know those mm -hmm. like i just want to I don't want anybody to do anything on these bikes i just want to be able to learn everything and do everything in-house myself that just not it doesn't work that way i mean mm -hmm. there's some people that pull it off like you, sure. you, you mentioned boosted Brad, he gets multi-talented. Sure. But if you, um, I just couldn't hack, I couldn't hack it personally. I couldn't hack being, I, we did build it's a, a bike. Lot. It's yeah. a lot. Yeah. We did a, we built a XS 650 and this was our answer to slow paint work. This was our filler work. Yeah. You know, that's like, was where we're going to fill stuff in. So I was doing a little bit of actual bike building and I actually built my first bike really wasn't a bike builder, but I built my first XX 650 with the help of the TC bros. And um, parts like that, welded on a hardtail, pretty simple to do. But at that point, yeah, you're a bike builder, man. I built a hardtail on this iron head, you know, and then on this XS650. Uh, he came in looking for a job, couldn't do it. I did have space. I, I offered him, I'm like, dude, you can, I actually kind of like you because he's, he came in, he was really charismatic. Like, oh, for sure. Man, I mean, like, 
the funny thing is, is most people kind of got the wrong vibe off of him because he was loud and he kind of said what he wanted to and he was a somewhat obnoxious man you get him one-on-one i don't know if you've ever had him one-on-one one-on-one he is a really genuine person he was a really genuine person uh, i had a couple of one-on-ones with him uh both at the dealership and and then after he left there uh probably not like you did but yeah i think i got the hard one-on-ones because he I got the one-on-ones where shit's hitting the fan. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> like, but yeah. I also got to know the side of him that was, wasn't was the same as what other people saw. Mm-hmm. The beauty about him was he could bring people, like a lot of people didn't like him at first, but once you get him close, you, you're like, oh, man, I kind of like this kid. He's, mm-hmm. he's, he's good stuff. Mm-hmm. He would bring the, the most opposite people together. You know, he, he'd be friends with a... Uh, computer engineer or a doctor or something such a weird thing and then it would be like uh one of the one of the uh sundowners or something like Mm -hmm. that he just had the connection with people he he knew once he got you in he 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 could really sweet talk you and it and there was a and it wasn't like fake i i think i feel like a lot of the stuff that was a show was everything that didn't like everybody didn't like about him yeah but he was just such a he was an inspiration to me because when he came, asked for a job, I did give him a spot there. It gave me somebody. Like, it, it really lighted a fire under my ass. Um, he's like, dude, you Metal Flake? I'm like, I don't nearly do Metal Flake. You know, I just do Skulls and Fire. Black base coat, Skulls and Fire, Realistic Fire, and some candy over the top. People are loving it. So he got me to do my first Metal Flake job. Okay. Uh because oh, I remember, like, I, he he worked at a couple of like chop shops, you know, chopper shops in Phoenix while he was down there. Yes, he did. He worked. So, oh yeah, thanks for reminding me. He actually worked at Fast Lane. Yeah. Um, he became really good friends. I, I wish I could remember their names. Great people. Uh, no, it's, it's but great people. They actually took him in. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of helped him out, and they they're kind of doing their chopper shop thing there. Came here rent it out well he didn't rent it out i kind of just like dude i got the space i'm not doing anything with it let's see if you can make something happen and mm-hmm. then i thought like if he's building bikes they're gonna need paint work and that's exactly what happened he he was able to get jobs in there even though he was very he wasn't very experienced oh he made sure. a lot of mistakes oh yeah he in fact he he didn't tell anybody well he'd only tell a few people this is yeah once they started once they the first thing they taught me was how to properly install a cotter pin and that's when I walked out. <laughs> I was like, well, that's a pretty important part, actually, because you need the cotter pin in there to make sure your wheel don't fall off. I'm pretty sure he had a wheel fall off, so I don't know. Uh, but over time, he um, he was a he was a better talker and business owner and entrepreneur than he was a motorcycle mechanic any day. Oh, talking was his gift. Talking was his gift. He could get people in the door. And, well, you know. And I, I mean, I I thought like. He was either a love or like 100% love and loyalty to guy. There was no in between with him. Yep. Like he either like pissed you off and you didn't want anything to do with him <laughs> or you were on his side to like the death. To the max. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And, and then it, it felt like the longer that he was in business, the more people he started to gather on his for side. Sure. Like he had 
Well, you saw his funeral. The, the, oh, it, wasn't, yeah. it wasn't a funeral. It was just a party. Party. Like, yeah, you know. I mean, uh, I was there, and it's like, like, I mean, as morbid as it sounds, like, like I was saying, like, I don't know that I've reached his level. Like, like, if I went out and got in a motorcycle accident tomorrow, I don't know that there would be that many people at my funeral party. Like, that dude touched and affected so many people in a short amount of time. It still blows my mind today. Yeah. Because for some reason, when you talk to him, it felt like when you got the real Dane, you're like, wait a minute, this guy is, I like this guy. Well, he, he was just real and raw. And he just said it how it was supposed to be said. Like he just, like he, like he didn't hold back. He didn't sugarcoat. He just... Like if he told you you had a stupid idea <laughs> or, or if you had a stupid idea, he would just tell you that's the dumbest fucking idea I've ever heard. Yeah. Like he didn't have any problems with saying that right to your face. Yeah, I hurt my feelings a lot of times. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like but he it was, was just right. real. And yeah. that's just how it was with him. Like he was just real. And some people it rubbed the wrong way. But I think a lot of people were like. This dude is just like the real deal. And like, he's just, he's not going to sugarcoat it. He's, he knows exactly what he wants. He knows exactly what he sees and he's going to speak his mind no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm really blessed to have him in my life. Even though it wasn't for that long, I think about him all the time. For sure. He's actually, sounds crazy enough. He's still here. For he's sure. Still, he takes, he takes other forms to me. Mm hmm. Uh, I see him in other ways, but it's all the time. You know, it just happened to be last Thursday. You know, it's, it happens it, it happens in certain times. Um, I'm really aware of, I try to be aware of st stupid little things like that. And mm -hmm. I feel like people that have such a strong personality, they don't go away. Even when they're gone, they don't yeah. go away. It's yeah, pretty amazing. he's still here. I mean, I still think about him a lot. I mean, and, and I, you know. It's funny because I, I talk to a lot of people that come in the shop here and they're, they, they talk about him a lot. I still, his name comes up so much. Mm -hmm. Or I see bikes come in my shop that have his stickers on them or his logos or whatever still all over them. And, you know, I can't tell you how many people I've talked to that their motorcycle is the last bike that Dane ever worked on. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, like, I've heard that story so many times. I'm like, it, 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 it just makes me chuckle. But, but that was the, you know, the effect that he had on people. And it was just crazy yeah. for whatever reason. I, and I, you know, he was an inspiration for me, you know, kind of going back to what we talked, you know, we were talking about earlier, like inspiration, you know, who inspires me. And, and I would have to, I would be lying if I told you he wasn't an inspiration to me. I was just a guy who went through MMI, got funneled into that dealership mindset. I got a job at a dealership. I, I was a service writer. I was a technician. That was what I knew. That was my safe spot. I saw him come. I saw him go. And then after a few years, I'm like, I'm just sitting in a dealership feeling like a number, feeling like I did, was not really doing anything that was impacting anybody or anything. I was like, man, if that kid could do it, I could do it. You know, not to take away from him, mm -hmm. not to say that I'm better than him, but like if he, could, if he could go out there and make it happen, so could I. And I would be lying if I told you that he didn't play a 
a part in where I am today. Yeah. I think he's affected a lot of people. Definitely uh, where I'm at, I wouldn't be, uh, you know, if he was still around, I would definitely be in a different situation. I'm not sure what it would be. I'm in a, I'm, I found myself in a pretty good situation right now. Sure. I, like, I like where I'm at. Mm-hmm. I always think back to what would happen if it wasn't. Uh, would I be better? Yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, you, you never know. I, yeah. And I feel the same way. Yeah, I mean, what, what, I, I mean, I could just, without him, maybe, maybe the light would have never turned on. I don't know. Maybe I, I wouldn't be here. I think I would be out of business. Like, I think the darkness in that old shop um, finally would have got to me too, mm-hmm. you know? But, uh, yeah, I mean, it sounds sounds dumb, but I feel I really feel like he was supposed to be in my life and for that short period of time. He lit a fire under my ass, uh, helped me out in so many different ways. But I couldn't be more thankful for him. For sure. And, and I think a, a lot of people, I think we're... Um, just we're just uh inspired by him for sure i totally agree and 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 i'm one of them yeah you know that's good to hear you know i still am like i i you know i think there was a weird period here when we first opened that like we were almost trying to ride because we opened in 2015 he passed away in 2013 Mm -hmm. there was almost and maybe it was made up in my mind, but I felt like there was this like stigma of like, I was like, okay, he's gone. I can like jump in and take over what, what he left behind or, 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 you know what I mean? I didn't feel that way. I did feel like there was a opening, definitely an opening for somebody. Um, I'm just glad you're here because without you, Ogden doesn't have anything. Mm-hmm. Like we had Sid, that was it. It went away. Yeah. And I mean, we, Ogden's and now we not got a, something back. I mean, yeah. Ogden's a, you know, it's not like a big city. But yeah, we have some surrounding cities too that sure. would also incorporate that. Yeah. But I mean, and there's a need here to, 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 to service people and take care of people. And, you know, whether it's you need an oil change or you want a custom bike built, whatever it is. And yeah, right. when he was gone, like it was never my like it was never oh he's gone like now's my opportunity it was more man that kid inspired me to get out of my safety zone in the dealership where I could clock in and clock out and I know I'm going to get paid every two weeks to just leave that and venture out and do my own thing Mm -hmm. like it was more of an inspiration than you know, a writing of his coattails, right. if you will. And maybe I made that up in my own mind. I think you did. That maybe I, mean, I thought, like, maybe I thought Adam was thinking that or or so-and-so was thinking that. Maybe it was just more my insecurities thinking that than than reality. Yeah. Well, but, I remember when you first came to, uh, we had a shop um, on Washington Boulevard. Mm-hmm. And we did, uh, me and Ryan Fridley, um, another one, my, my best friend, actually, yeah. Um, he did, we did some bike builds there, sure. you know, we usually one off stuff. Um, we did some eBay sales and stuff like that. Nothing too serious, but you actually came in and you said, this is what we're doing, you know, and we're, we're a motorcycle shop, you know, this is what we're doing. This is what we plan to do. And it's, it's not, it's, it was nothing like we weren't changing tires. We weren't changing oils, but it, I just thought it was really cool it, that you would come down and, and actually say something like 
you know, this is what we're doing. You, you asked us for, I think any, I think you even asked for some advice. I'm like, I don't have any advice at all, but you know, but it was, uh, definitely very respectful. So if there, if you do think that there was anything as far as you coming in and, and, uh, taking up a spot that might've been somebody else's, that's not the case in anybody that for me or anybody that I know. Yeah. Yeah. So you can, uh, pretty much lay that one down to rest because anybody that would care would be me or him. Other than that, I mean, we, we were here first too, you know, yeah, we've, and you, we've been and you, doing it for a long you time. And, yeah. And you and Ryan, you know, and Ryan's another guy that I have a lot of respect for and a lot of, you know, like he, like he's a real dude. Like I, I have a lot of respect for Ryan. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and yeah, you guys were kind of running your shop down the road here when we started and it, it wasn't that I wanted to take over. It was like, I just wanted to be like you guys. Like I had a lot of respect for you guys just doing your thing, mm-hmm. putting it out there and trying to make it happen. Right. And and there was more respect than like I than than, you know, say competition or trying to take over or anything like that. Yeah. Well that respect was definitely felt. Um and yeah, we've always been obviously always been a supporter of, yeah. of, of you guys and we love what you guys stand for. And I, we love to see that you have taken it to racing, um, and everything else, you know, that's, that's kind of like, I feel like, uh, Dane would have took it into stunt riding. If I was, if you were to ask me, I think Dane would have, he was getting into stunt riding. That was before, I think he was Dane doing was stunting before stunting was stunting, right? It was only done with, with the, with the bullet bikes. That it wasn't Dane was wheeling Harley's. 20 or 10 i don't even know what year 10 years ago 12 years ago oh, yeah 2009 2010 ish yep jumping jumping, jumping harley like i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna build a jumpy a harley to jump a sportster i'm like yeah. what 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 for yeah. <laughs> like, what is this for what is this yeah and, and it's that before was, you see anything like that that was one of the things that like me and him we talked a lot about because at that time i was racing a lot of motocross at that time and I was still working at the dealership and he's like, I'm going to build this, 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 this sportster tall suspension, like high exhaust, like moto bars. I'm like, I am too, bro. And like, I, I, I built one while I was still at the dealership. And I, like, I built mine with like some legit, like dirt bike, like pro circuit mufflers and like dirt bike bars, like before all that stuff was made for Harleys. And me and him, we talked a lot about that stuff because he had like ridden dirt bikes and raced and stuff like that. And we had that kind of common connection. We, me and him went back and forth a lot on that stuff. Yeah. And, and, you know, and to look back now, like to see the scene, like with, you know, hooligan dirt track racing and just tracker sportsters and stuff like that to see where it is today. Me and him were talking about that back in, you know, 2010, 2011, and, and both of us built bikes. I remember there was one time, you know, we went out. He was on that white Sportster he built, mm-hmm. and I was on that Sportster I built, and, and we went out in the West Desert and was just rallying them out there in the desert together. Oh, really? Wow. And uh, it was, like, one of the coolest things I've ever done at the time. And I was, we were just out there just ripping our Sportsters out in the, in the you know, like ripping them around berms and drifting them in the dirt and jumping them and stuff. And... This, like I said, it was probably 2010, 2011, maybe 2012. I don't know when it was. I start losing track of time, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's just I, I still look back at the, that that night that me and him went riding together, 
and it's one of the coolest nights of my life. Yeah, and you got the real Dane that night. For sure. You got the real guy. Yeah. Like, and I can't remember who it was. There was somebody, like, we stopped somewhere, and, like, they were doing some photos of his, of his bike, you know, like some farm. Like, there was, like, you know, this, like, barn with, like, a bunch of graffiti on it. Like, we stopped in there. Like, it was dark, and, like, we all, like, there was, like, a few of us there, and we all, like, pointed our bikes with our headlights, like, onto his bike, and it was, like, a little photo shoot. And, like, as much as I, like, like, he was just a rock star from the get-go, right? Yeah, how the hell does that happen, really? Like, I was yeah. just building it. Like, I was just doing it because I enjoyed doing it. Like, he just had this, like, he just knew what what he was doing, like, from the get-go. Yep. Like, he, he had it all figured out. Yeah, he lived very, very fast. Way He fast. lived very, very fast. And I think that's, you know, obviously the, one of the reasons why he probably not might not be here because he lived so fast. And when I say that, it's just incredible how much how much he got done in those couple of years and how many people he was able to connect yeah. to. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. And like I said, I, I think about him a lot. Uh, we had a, we had a couple of times that, that I still think about together, um, in the dealership after he left the dealership, uh, riding together a couple of times. I don't think I ever had the opportunity or, you know, to get to know him like you probably did working with him side by side in 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 close quarters at your first shop there yeah yeah, yeah. you know I, I got the real dane just like you got but i got the you got I a got lot the of back it. in part of it sure. so, yeah yeah you probably got a little bit of the bad stuff you know yeah, the yeah. stress or you know yeah, yeah I'm, I'm sure. he was stressed out just like every, i mean it's a stressful thing. you never saw yeah. it though yeah i mean that that you know so yeah i mean i still think about him a lot yep He's, sure. he's made an impact. I'm like, and it's not really a sad thing. It's a it's a blessing that we were able to have him him here in Ogden. Oh, for sure. And he changed a lot of lives and and it made things happen for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's he, still affecting lives today. Yeah. So, yeah. which is pretty cool to feel like you know we had the opportunity to share some of that time with him. Yeah, and I'll meet people that have met Dane, and it's you you'll find them less now. But uh, I always like to hear it. You know, I always mm -hmm. have the time to listen to stories about sure. him and what other people th thought of him. And yeah, what a great, what a what a great thing. Yeah, it's sure blessed. Cool. Yeah. Well, we're getting a, almost two hours into this thing. Oh so. man, we're talking and <laughs> we're rolling. Yeah, a lot of it was about Dane too. That's awesome. I'm glad no, that we were able for to sure. Do that. I, I, yeah. Like I said, I it's one thing that you know for our listeners i have not talked about it yet uh, i don't know if they know the story if they don't they should look into him right uh, there's still a few things out there on you know yeah, you'll find the cycle source magazine uh, sure. he made it in maybe in there and then uh you might even find his old uh blog spot yeah in there still sid speed shop blog spot but yeah what a great guy that was a he long time ago though it was all like you know, really early social media stuff. Oh yeah. Well, he actually is the one that turned me on to Instagram and I really wish I would have uh, doubled down when he told me to, because that was the early days when it was easy to get in and yeah. Kind you know, of make a name. Make and a really, name for yourself. Really, I, yeah. I had a late start, you know, so. Yeah. Don't tell me about it. I didn't start till 2019, 2020. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah, you're like, like, what is this thing? Wait, wait a minute. I should be doing this. Yeah. <laughs> I was way late to the game. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, so cheers, uh, you know, cheers to Dane. Yep. Uh, 
So if people want to learn how to paint, that's what I'm here for. Where they find you. Best place to find me is on YouTube. If you want to learn, mm -hmm. um, I think last time I counted, I have 160 videos with my lives. I go live every Thursday, uh, every Thursday night, 7 p.m. California time. Time Warp Custom Paint on YouTube. Basically, I just paint random stuff. Um, sometimes I'll paint a tank. Sometimes I'll paint a fender. Last week was a mailbox. The week before that was a dog bowl. I'll have to mention this. We did paint a custom dog bowl, like Louis Vuitton style, with some variegated leafing, metal flake, root beer brown candy paint. Uh, we were able to raise a little over $1,300 for homeless pets. Because the cool thing is if you do a live on YouTube, you can just link a, a nonprofit with it. Oh, and then okay. all the super chats and stuff go towards that. We were able to do some giveaways and stuff like that. We usually do giveaways some nights, um, but maybe, I mean, if you're, if you're looking to do custom paint, maybe looking to make it a career, uh, look into it. I mean, Thursday nights, you're gonna learn a lot. You can, answer, you can ask questions, we'll answer them. Um, I got all, you can you can binge all the stuff I have. I pretty much talked about anything and everything that has to do with custom paint. There will be, I am working on, um, you know, every Thursday and Friday for a couple hours, I do work on an online course. I'm building up all of the information I need for that. Um, trying to build something high quality, something that will get you into the paint game and start making money. Mm-hmm. Um, giving those people the foundation of how paints work, what paints do what, what guns to use, what compressor, what air compressor, you know, and how to do these certain techniques. One thing I do want to say to everybody is you don't need to be an artist to do this kind of stuff to a certain level. Um, you know, I paint murals. I'm, I, yeah, I can draw a little bit, but, it, it, but back when I was painting murals, I didn't draw. I didn't do any of that. I, I relied on the tricks of the trade which there's so many of them to be able to do to get these results. And literally I can teach anybody to do whatever they want. They just have to have the willpower and they have to have the time and the effort to put in to, to doing the practice, uh, to learn the instruments, to learn how to pull the tape and to learn how the paint works. And you got it. And I mean, that's, 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 it's not hard. It's really not hard. And if you think you can't do it, you're wrong. If you think you can't do it, give me a call. You'll find my number somewhere. I'll talk you out of it because you can. You absolutely 100% can do it. You just have to have faith. And like I said, you just have to have the time and, and the willpower. So The passion, right? And the passion. And you'll, I, I feel like it would be hard not to have the passion. Yeah. Because paint's such a visual thing. It's like you paint something and you get to see something. It's like... I did it's this. Immediate and then, and, satisfaction type And the, thing. the sad thing is, the sad thing is about motorcycle paint is it gets all the, it gets the majority of the attention. Mm -hmm. Like I'm, you probably see it. If you have a custom painted bike, everybody's going to ask, who did the paint work on that? You know, it's like, how annoying does that get really? Yeah. Like, what about the rest of what went into yeah, the Yeah, what about all the rest of this? Like I welded that thing up. That's custom, you know, like, oh no, no. Look at the paint on this thing. Yeah. You know, we get, we do get uh, more credit than we deserve. But it's because it's so visual. And then sure. the, the fact that it's so visual really makes, um, 
it, you get addicted to it. Yeah. Like, yeah, I created something that's so beautiful, especially when it's metal flake and candy paint. It's like you're creating something that most people can't do. Yeah. And that's really the easiest thing to do. It's like, uh, as long as you know the techniques, um, the layering process, and uh, all that can be learned, really. So YouTube, Time Warp Custom Paint would be the best place if, if anybody's looking to learn. Uh, and then just watch out for, there'll be an online custom course that'll take you all the way through so on YouTube, it'll pretty be, big it'll, on Instagram, huge on TikTok, right? Yeah, I got. Uh, I started on TikTok, so yeah, that's, you know, not to run this thing too long. Um, I started TikTok because I have two daughters. They did TikTok. 2020, I'm like, I listened to a podcast. This is the next thing. So I did it. Right in, the, in fact, right where I was sitting when I figured that out, I did my first TikTok, set up an account, set it up way better results than I had on Instagram, mm -hmm. even though they didn't have the reels then. But I had a, yeah, I had a little bit of videos set up. And then once reels came out on Instagram, I was already set up. In fact, I knew the day it was coming out. Yeah. And to, to be honest, a lot of those subscribers that I got is because I was for the first time in my life early to the game of social media when it comes to reels. Reels came out, I already had content. It was all ready to go. Yeah. All I had to do is post. Just go. And yeah. then it was and it was it was go time and people were like, "What is what by the time people figured out what Reels was, it was I I've already had like 50 posted." Yeah. You know, and it was just they were just killing it. You know, some with some with 10 million, 15 million views that would pump up, you know, pump up the subscribers. Whether that's a good thing or not, uh I feel like that's sometimes sometimes a bad thing, but uh, growing that fast. I feel like growing organically and, you know, you don't want people to follow you for no reason. You really right. want, you, you want, want people to, to follow engaged. you for a reason. Yeah. yeah. And I feel yeah. like that it, it, it was a blessing, but a curse at the same time. Now I have a, a standard that usually you can't hit anymore because maybe the algorithm's acting a little different because you're not a quite as engaging. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I mean, I, I would encourage everybody, you know, whether you want to paint or not, if you're just interested on how things are done, like go check out your page on YouTube, uh, Instagram, TikTok, whatever it is, just check out the process and, and, and watch it. And, and for those of, you know, those people that want to get into painting, like, I think it's awesome that you're out there, uh, showing, you know, giving out that, that knowledge that you, you had to grind for, for 10, 15 years and figure out, and and now you're just willing to just share it and yeah and some so of those good. people like you said like within six months can be making some you know creating some real you know money making projects whether it's motorcycles helmets cars dog bowls or whatever it is they want to paint they can use your experience to to generate that so i would encourage people to check it out for sure yeah because it's great stuff i i you know Hats off to you for for what you're doing, uh, where you've gotten from from 10, 15, 20 years ago. I, I, I mean, it's it's inspiring. It's huge. I, I mean, hats off to you for what you've done. So, um, I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. So even if you're looking to paint your own bike, yeah. I mean, it's simple as that. If you're looking to paint your own bike and you don't have the money to do it, uh, and you you have the time, I mean, do it. You, can you do might it. end up loving it. Might do, but your yeah. buddy's bike. And, you never know. Yeah. You know, you, you know, you might paint your own bike and, and that might be the spark to a wildfire of a whole new career. 
you never know man and it, it has happened so many times i can tell you over and over again how many uh, people have, have have sent me emails or sent me pictures uh, even called me saying hey man you me and my family with my daughter watch your lives every thursday night and that means so much to yeah. me like people can say like people say oh look at that custom paint job you know who painted that and i could say yeah i painted that oh that's so good i've never seen anything like that good that doesn't really affect me much anymore and it's pretty sad really yeah it doesn't really i mean it's i'm immune to people saying i'm good at painting it doesn't doesn't mean that much to me mm -hmm. i'm a good painter you know really that's not but if somebody can say dude I am now doing, I am now a, a professional custom painter. I'm supporting my family. I am now inspired and, and I just can't learn enough. And I can't just paint, I can't paint enough. I can't quit painting. It's just so, they, they love it so much. And I know exactly how they feel because I came from the same spot. Like yeah. I said, when we first started this, this interview, there was times in the booth where I've painted something and I literally cannot, like I'll look at it, I'll walk out of the booth and I'm like, okay, I'm getting ready to leave the shop. Okay, I'm gonna go back in there and just take a look at that. Yeah. Oh, I painted that. Wow. <laughs> painted that. Driving home. Oh man, you won't believe what I painted today. This is so awesome. You know, like I don't know if I can pay my rent, but I painted something so crazy. You know, it's yeah. like it's a uh, it's great. It's a great feeling, and and I, I hope to inspire many, many more more people to do it, um, or or just show people what's possible, and it's not that hard. Yeah. So, yeah. No, I think it's great. I think it's awesome what you're doing. Um, you know, hats, like I said, hats off to you for, for sharing a lot of the knowledge that you put in the time to learn, figure out and, and want to teach that. I think that's huge. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's only going to make our industry grow, whether they're painting motorcycles, cars, boats, whatever it is they want to paint. Yeah. I, I think it's huge. So, uh, thanks for everything you do. Um, you know, so yeah, we'll wrap it up there. Uh, don't forget to, you know, go on, subscribe, give us a five-star review, wherever you're listening, uh, YouTube, Spotify, uh, Apple podcasts, whatever. Check out our website, tuckerspeed.com. Hit us with any messages, questions you got. We'd love to help you out with all your parts needs and we'll see you guys next episode. Thanks. Adam. All right. Thanks for having me. Hi, man. Thanks. Thanks.